the show where I cover the least in the best way possible. I'm your host, Jason Wells, and summer is officially here. It's fucking hot out. I am roasting right now in this room. Uh, I mean, fuck, I've been working outside all day, too, so it's even cooler in here, and it's still hot in here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't complain about the warm weather because I was complaining about the snow all winter, so I'll take it, but... This week's episode, um, actually have some news to talk about, and this is why the NFL remains king, because the big news of the week, of course, was DeAndre Hopkins getting cut from the Cardinals. We'll get into all of that in a sec. But just a player getting cut, that, I mean, that's all that's been on the news cycle. And, I mean, it's been one of the top stories in sports, or it might just be because I'm an NFL fan, and even though the... NHL and NBA playoffs are happening right now. Hopkins getting cut is a much bigger storyline to me than the Knights winning in six games last night. But uh, as always, we'll do our NFL weekly update. And then, because no one else wanted to, and I've been wanting to do this, I'm going to start the Hall of Very Good right here. So uh, I'm going to do quarterbacks and tight ends. I'm just going to list kind of my five candidates, as I guess we'll call them. And yeah, we'll go from there. And I'll probably do this for the next couple episodes. So if you like it, keep tuning in. Okay, let's start with the weekly update. Um, So as I said, as I just said, DeAndre Hopkins was released from the Cardinals. Uh, Let's just talk about the Cardinals side of things before we talk about where D-Hop could be landing. Uh, So the Cardinals chose to not... Uh, do a post-June 1st cut, which leaves them... uh, Basically, all of Hopkins' dead money is on their books this year. Uh, People are like, why are they doing that? They could have saved $11 this year. And it's like, yeah, but then they'd have $11 cap hit next year too. This year is basically a wash from them anyways with Kyler out. I mean, the team, the roster is just bad in general. So... Might as well take that giant cap hit now and then free up all that money for next year where hopefully you can actually start team building and getting guys into the building. Um, Was a move that Monty Austin Fort needed to do, the uh, Cardinals' new GM. It was just a matter of time, honestly. Uh, And yeah, I guess we can talk about the potential places he could be landing because, I mean, I've heard a bunch of different teams, but... um, Obviously, while he was still a member of the Cardinals, the Bills and Chiefs were the two teams that were interested in trading for him. Um, I don't think either team was close. Uh, I think the report that I read on Twitter, too, was once OBJ got his contract and they saw what that was worth, it kind of just fell apart, the the deal. So now that he's a free agent, he has options. Uh, Hopkins has said he wants to go to a stable organization. I mean, him coming from the Texans and Cardinals, where... Coaching GM situations weren't always in the, uh, they weren't in the best spots. They're unstable. He wants to go somewhere stable. Uh, he wants to play with a good quarterback, someone who loves football. Um, he even mentioned a few QBs 
uh, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson. Um, I think three of those teams are options, and I guess let's just get into it. Um, so one of those teams, obviously, being the Bills. Definitely need a second option for Josh Allen. Diggs is obviously fantastic, but they need another guy. Gabe Davis did not step up enough last year at all. They need a surefire number two. And people might tell you that Hopkins has fallen off. He had 700, a little more than 700 yards in nine games last year. That's a very good pace for a full season. Um, Especially when you won't be the number one guy because Diggs is opposite you. Uh, could be very, very scary. Yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of of money and cap space for the Bills at this point. Uh, and the Chiefs, another team interested. And again, it's money and cap space that is hindering them from making this happen because he'd be their wide receiver one. Uh, he would take over Juju's role and Hopkins is much, much better than Juju. We can all agree on that. Uh yeah, and I mean, fuck, if he goes to the Bills or the Chiefs, they're immediately the front runners in the AFC. Uh, if he goes to the Chiefs, I mean, their team is just, it's better than what their Super Bowl roster was last year, in my opinion. Um, other teams that he could go to, the Jets. The Jets are a team that have a need for another wide receiver. I mean, I don't think Corey Davis is really going to cut it as a wide receiver, too. Uh, they can free up money by cutting him post-June 1st, too. I think they already have a decent amount of cap space to sign him anyways. Garrett Wilson and Nuke would be an absolutely great tandem. Uh, I think this is the one place where I don't want Hopkins going. If he goes to the Bills, sure. I knew the Bills were going to be great anyways. If he goes to the Chiefs, fine. I knew the Chiefs were going to be great anyways. Going to another divisional opponent, and it being the Jets, where, don't get me wrong, I don't think the Jets are going to make the playoffs. I think the Jets are going to be a very good team, though, this year. The AFC is just so tough. Them adding another legit wide receiver uh, would scare me. And again, like, like Rodgers would have to fall off a cliff for that offense to not work. Hopkins, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall should be good. Should be good if that happens. It sucks, too, because a lot of these teams that I'm listing off are just AFC teams. I got three more that I've seen pop up. And, oh, look, another divisional opponent in the Patriots. So the Patriots basically went from Jacoby Myers to Juju Smith-Schuster. Lateral move, in my opinion. Uh, They were linked. I mean, a lot of this is just chew. And his brother getting in my head about, oh, the Patriots, we're all in on Hopkins. Oh, the Patriots, we want, like, like he's he's coming here. Because I don't know if I've actually seen anyone real, any verified account being like, oh, there's actual traction to Hopkins to New England or literally any wide receiver other than them just saying it's going to happen. Uh, but I'm a big man. I have enough... Uh, I can admit it that if the Patriots get Hopkins, I can be worried. It all hinges on Mac Jones at that point. Mac Jones taking a leap. I don't believe in Mac Jones whatsoever. I think he's just an okay quarterback. I think he will be in the league for a long time, but so is Andy Dalton. Take with that information what you will. 
Uh, the defense is going to be very good. Bill Belichick doesn't have bad defenses on his team. They're going to run the ball well. Again, the offense is basically the same on paper right now. They add in New Hopkins. That's a win for the Patriots. Even with New Hopkins, it makes them a better team. Not a playoff team. That's just how good the AFC is. Uh, last AFC team. No, I got two more AFC teams. Both in the AFC North, uh, the Baltimore Ravens. So when Lamar was holding out for his contract, the Ravens were obviously one of the team. Or yeah, uh, Lamar had his list of demands and what he wanted. One of those things was Hopkins. Now the Ravens did sign OBJ. They did draft Zay Flowers. Uh, could they bring in Hopkins? Sure. That would be a crazy upgrade from, I mean, last year, last year by the end of the season, I don't know, like Tyler Huntley was throwing to Deshaun Jackson and like Demarcus Robinson was there. Who else was? I don't know. Either way, not, I mean, Deshaun Jackson, we all know well past his prime at this point. Uh... But yeah, I mean, going from that to potentially DeAndre Hopkins, OBJ, Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman, Mark Andrews, Devin Duvernay, Lamar would literally have no excuses. He would go from, oh, I don't have any help, I don't have any help, to now, we're giving you all the help that you could possibly want. You got to deliver now. Um, I don't think the Ravens make that move. Uh, I think they still want to see what Rashad Bateman can do. Um, put him on the outside. They could trade Rashad Bateman if they bring in Hopkins, but I think they like where they are right now with what they have. Um, and yeah, then I'll go on to the next AFC North team, which would be the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, Hopkins has the connection with the Predator already, but, and the Browns do have the money, and right now the Browns receiving core is looking like Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, who they traded for in the offseason, and Donovan Peoples-Jones, who is a UFA next offseason. So, Nuke would obviously be an upgrade for a second receiving option there. It's whether or not the Browns pull the trigger. Again, I mean, I just listed six AFC teams where he could go. All of these teams are going to be good regardless of if he goes there or not. The AFC is so good. I just hate this. I hate that out of all the places, literally half the teams are out of the AFC, and he's going to go to the AFC. I just know it. It sucks. Um, the one a NFC team that I have seen rumored, though, is the Lions. So the Lions are obviously looking to make the playoffs after a disappointing end to the season last year. They just barely missed the playoffs. And now with Jamison Williams suspended for the first six weeks of the season, they could use another guy. That's for damn sure. Um, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is there, obviously. Uh, they do need more. Please sign Hopkins. Don't let him go to the AFC. I'm, I'm so done with the AFC being this overpowered conference right now. Like, realistically, I could say that there's... I'm confident that 
three teams won't make the playoffs at all. At all. And that is the Colts, the Texans, and the Raiders, who we're going to talk to talk about in a bit because they might not have a quarterback. But yeah, that's three teams out of 16 where I can 100% say they won't make the playoffs. Everybody else, I can make a case for. Where, I mean, there's teams like the Broncos who, again, is it a small chance? Yes. Do they have a chance? I think they do. It's wild. It's wild. I I absolutely hate it right now. Uh, it's going to be such a fun year. I can't wait. But let's talk about these Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, so, yeah, they might not have a quarterback. So when they signed Jimmy G in March, that would have been, uh, he did not pass his physical. He's had a foot injury. I guess, yeah, that would have dated back from when he was with the Niners last year, too. I guess that probably would have been his injury. Uh, but yeah, he did not pass his physical. And if he does not pass a physical at the start of the season, the Raiders can cut him without any cap casualties at all. No money on the books. Um, I'll be honest, wouldn't be a bad thing for the Raiders, in my opinion. I think right now they're just kind of around. I don't think they're a serious team, especially with how good the AFC is. Um, Have they made moves to improve? Sure. Uh, Do I think it matters this year? No. And if you go into the season with... Without Jimmy G, and who is the Raiders' backup right now? Because I was going to say Jared Stidham, but I think he's on the Broncos now. Ooh, yeah. uh, Their backup is Brian Hoyer... And then they have Aiden O'Connell and Chase Garbers. What a QB room. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I think the Raiders should just punt on the season. Obviously, if Jimmy G is available to play, he's going to play because you can't just be complete ass. But if you're complete ass next year, you got a chance at Caleb Williams. You got a chance at Drake May. This puts you into the conversation of landing one of these quarterbacks, which is never a bad thing. Um, But yeah, we shall keep moving on. Uh, We have a couple NFL. We got one rule change and one schedule change. Uh, Thursday night football is now allowed to be flexed. That's weeks 13 through 17 only. Uh, Shitty for fans, just for the fact that a lot of people buy their tickets months in advance and you have to travel or some people travel to games a lot of fans do travel to games and then that comes with hotel and whatever cost flights maybe or yeah um and the nfl can just say a week beforehand being like oh we're moving this game out and putting this game in and then that leaves you with a hotel that you might be able to cancel with get some of your money back Maybe flights still be able to get some of your money back. Sucks for the fans uh, going to the game, but the NFL has always said that they make their money for what is on TV. That is the selling point. From someone who enjoys watching the game at home more than going to the live event, um, I'm fine with this. There are some real stinker Thursday night football games every year. They can be flexed out. Fine by me. Um, I think the game that's going to get flexed out this year is going to be Saints-Rams. Two not very good teams. I mean, if you've been listening, you know that I think the Rams are going to be absolute dog shit this year. 
and the Saints are just going to be okay. The Saints could realistically make the playoffs. Doesn't make them a good team. NFC's fucking dog water. I hate it so much. Like, the fact that I can even say, oh, the Saints could make the playoffs. Like, the Saints are in the same spot as the Raiders right now. Like, if the Raiders were in the AFC, or if the Raiders were in the NFC and I knew Jimmy G was healthy, I could bet on the Raiders to make the playoffs in the NFC. In the AFC, they don't have a fucking chance. It is it is tough. It is tough to be a fan of any AFC team. It's going to be an absolute dogfight. Um, the rule change that the NFL has made, though, uh, they're ruining kickoffs. So they have made it now where you can uh, you can get a touchback if you fair catch the ball anywhere on the field. It doesn't have to be in the end zone anymore. You can be on the 10-yard line. You can be on the 5-yard line. If you fair catch it, that ball gets moved to the 25 uh, I get it's a safety thing. I, I understand. Uh, it just sucks. We're never going to see another player like Devin Hester again, where Devin Hester's whole career was based off punt and kick returns. It's sad. It's such a fun part of the game, and it's get taken away, and I know it's for safety reasons. Um, I don't have any numbers in front of me, but again, what the XFL was doing was lining the guys up at, I think the kickoff team was at like the 30 or something, and the receiving team was at the 20, and then they'd run from there uh, once the returner possessed the ball, which I there can't be too many high-impact collisions when they're running like 40, yes, 40 less yards. So I don't know how many people got injured on kickoffs in the XFL this year. Uh, maybe with another season under the XFL's belt and more data for the NFL to study, maybe they eventually move to that format. Because you can't get rid of kickoffs. And they're, it seems like they're just slowly phasing them out at this point, which sucks. Um, NFL draft news. So a lot of people were shitting on the Jets and Joe Douglas. And when I say people, I mean me. Uh, where everyone knew the Jets wanted Broderick Jones, uh, and then the Pats traded back with the Steelers to jump them for Broderick Jones. But apparently Will McDonald was always their guy. Didn't matter what the Patriots did, didn't matter who traded up ahead, as long as Will McDonald was not taken, Will McDonald was going to be the guy taken at that pick. Um, I get it. Kind of. It was not a very strong draft. It was not a very deep draft. Uh, I think when you look at it, Broderick Jones, Will McDonald, and I think the other, the third player that was in the conversation for that pick was Michael Mayer. Um, all, all three of those guys grayed out similarly to me. I know Will McDonald was more of a, whoa, really? Like, that's huge, but... He didn't test, if I remember correctly. So I just don't think he could get the hype for people outside of the NFL to really get the love for him. Do I think picking him at... What pick were they? 15? 16? Whatever. Uh, Do I think it's a little early? Sure. Do I think it was early for most players in the first round? Also, yes. Uh, Just not a very weak draft, but I guess good for Joe Douglas for... I mean, he literally said, oh, the Patriots could trade back with the Steelers and they'd take Broderick Jones, and he called it. So, 
Uh, good for Joe Douglas, I guess, for not getting finessed by the Patriots. Um, we have a, another signing. Uh, Steelers have signed Marcus Golden. Uh, if you don't know that name, Marcus Golden is an edge rusher who has played with the Cardinals for most of his career. Uh, he had 11 sacks in 2021 or 2020. Either way, he's recently coming off an 11-sack season. Uh, he's obviously not going to be asked to do that for the Steelers with TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith manning those edge rolls, but should be exciting. I mean, having a guy who's had 11 sacks just a few years ago being a depth rotational piece for you, absolute home run for the Steelers. Great pickup for them. Uh, and last news and note, not even an NFL-related thing, but former NFL player Antonio Brown is willing to pay former NFL MVP Cam Newton 150 k for one game for his Arena Football League team that Antonio Brown owns. So, uh, first of all, absolutely wild that that is a sentence that I'm reading. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously... Smart by Antonio Brown for being like, hey, let's try to draw up some interest. And here, Cam, I'll give you this much money. Um, from what I've read, though, the Antonio Brown is like not paying his coaches, and now he's playing for the team. And I don't think he's making money with this. I think he's losing a lot on whatever his invest initial investment was. It's not looking great for AB. That's all I can say. All I hope is he gets help that he needs. Talks to a therapist or something. I mean, we all need to talk to a therapist if we're being honest. Okay, let's start off with some Hall of Very Good. We'll start with the tight ends. Also, man, every time I like lean forward, the sun is just blinding me. So if you're watching this on video, I am just leaning against the wall trying to avoid the sun. I have been outside in the sun enough today. I'm good. Uh, so let's start off with the tight ends. I have five guys listed here. I'm sure you've heard of all of them. Uh, so also, Paul of Very Good. I'm just going off from when I've been watching, when I've been a fan. So I'm basically doing 21st century, guys. I'm not going back to the 80s to find some guy I've never heard of who had a solid career and I can talk about. Too much research. Don't really care that much. I'm here to talk about the guys that I know. So, starting at number five, we have Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph, 12-year career, spent most of it with the Vikings, uh, spent the 2021 season with the Giants, and the last season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Two-time Pro Bowler, uh, finished with 4,773 yards, 50 touchdowns. Uh, again, very impressive career, obviously never going to be in the Hall of Fame, but Kyle Rudolph at one point was one of those tight ends where you'd see in fantasy and be like, oh, I can grab him in the later rounds and he'll be good. Uh, I think that his highest receiving total for a season was the high 800s. Very productive career. One of the better consistent tight ends for the Vikings for a long, long time. And yeah, he is number five on my Hall of Very Good tight end rankings. Number four, we have Mercedes Lewis, 17-year uh, career, and he's technically still a free agent right now, which is absolutely insane, uh, and it's nuts. So he was 
one-time second-team All-Pro, one-time Pro Bowler, uh, 5,800 or yeah, 5,084 yards, 39 total TDs. Like definition of a warrior. He was never known for his receiving ability. Just good all-around tight end, good blocker. Uh, spent most of his career in Jacksonville. Has spent the last few seasons in Green Bay. I was, I mean, I was shocked that he played. That he was drafted. I think it was 2006. Wild. Like, absolutely nuts. Uh, someone might give him a contract once camp starts. Like, he probably still wants to play. Hell of a career. Hell of a career for playing for that long. Uh, yeah, one of the... See, this is the thing. Because I can't say, oh, one of the best to play tight end. But one of the most well-respected tight ends of the last 20 years, you should say. Or I should say. Uh, moving on to number three, we have Heath Miller. Uh, Ten-year career, two-time Super Bowl champion, two-time Pro Bowler, finished with 6,569 yards of 45 TDs. Uh, so spent all of those years with the Steelers. If you remember watching Steelers games when he was a part of that team, he would get a I mean, fuck, it's like Pat, Pat, oh my god, it's like Pat Fryermuth right now, he gets a catch, they all chant, Muth. But before Pat Fryermuth, it was Heath Miller, and it was Heath. And, again, just one of those consistent guys, all, like, this is the thing, all of these guys are just consistent, they never flashed, they never had spectacular, mind-blowing seasons, but just... These are the guys, bread and butter, had a great NFL career. Not spectacular, not Hall of Fame worthy. Hall of very good. Heath Miller deserves to be in that conversation, 100%. Uh, next guy up. This guy was a fantasy darling for a few years. We have Delaney Walker. 14-year NFL career. Three-time Pro Bowler, finished with 5,888 yards, 36 touchdowns. Um, and part of Delaney Walker's problem was he spent the first half of his career in San Francisco sitting behind the guy who is number one on my Hall of Very Good list for tight ends. And then he went over to the Titans and... He had a three-year stretch where I know he had a thousand-yard season, and then, and first of all, thousand-yard season as a tight end doesn't happen often unless your name's Travis Kelsey or Rob Gronkowski or one of these all-time greats. For Delaney Walker to hit that mark is absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, it was like a thousand-yard season, and then he had like a couple nine hundred-yard seasons to follow up after that. And one thing I didn't know about Delaney Walker, he's only six-one. That is, I mean, I like to say I'm 6'2", but that's basically my height. Uh, as a tight end, that's fucking small. Obviously, he can move. He was great in space, but again, one of the best cons consistent guys, someone who you could rely upon, was never your number one option, but goddamn was he good, Delaney Walker. Uh, and I teased it a little bit, but number one on my list is Vernon Davis. 14-year uh, career, two-time Pro Bowler, finished with 
7,562 yards, 63 TDs, and... (coughs) (coughs) Sorry. One thing that I didn't know about Vernon Davis is he is a Super Bowl champion. So in between his stint with the Niners, where he spent the majority of his career, he got traded to the Broncos during the Broncos Super Bowl 50 run. Um, And he had zero catches in the playoffs. Doesn't matter. He has the ring. That's all that matters. Uh, One of those guys where Vernon Davis was like the first real special athlete of a tight end. Because you had guys like Gates and Tony Gonzalez, and obviously they're great tight ends, or great athletes, but Vernon Davis ran a 4-3-8-40. For a tight end, that is insane. Uh, I mean, he was essentially the first version of Kyle Pitts, even though Kyle Pitts is like three inches taller than him. Uh, yeah, Vernon Davis, hell of a career. Uh he, yeah, I mean, that's all you can really say. One of those guys who might get lost in the history of the NFL at some point, but I'll always remember him because he was such a weapon for those Niners teams in the early 10s when they had Colin Kaepernick and Alex Smith going on their Super Bowl runs. Uh, fun team to watch, fun player to watch. And yeah, I guess let's just get right into the quarterbacks. Starting off at number five, um, there are better quarterbacks who I could have listed here, but I'm going to go with Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzmagic, Ryan Fitztragic at some points. Um, 17-year career, nine teams, and just an absolute legend. Uh I don't have the teams down in front of me, but I'm going to go off the top of my head because I think I can do it. He played for the Rams. He played for the Bengals. He played for the Bills. He played for the Jets. played for the Dolphins. I have to put my mic down because I'm running out of fingers. Okay, so Rams, Bengals, Bills, Jets, Dolphins, Texans, Commanders. How am I missing... Come on, bad podcasting. I can't think of the last two. They'll probably come to me at some point, and I will say them at some point when they do come to me. Uh, But one of those guys who would just come into a game and you don't know what to expect has been journeyman, backup quarterback for most of his career. And he just had some stretches where it would be like he's the one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I know... uh, his run with Tampa when he came in for an injured Jameis, and I think he threw for 400 yards in three straight games or two straight games. And either way, he went on an absolute tear there. Uh, we can't forget about when he took that really bad Jets team, uh, had a winning record with them, was 10 and 6. They didn't make the playoffs, but that was crazy. And then with Miami, with the pulling him for Tua, sitting Tua, putting Fitz back in. And he just had some crazy games like that. I will never forget that game against the Raiders where he throws up an absolute prayer with his helmet ripped, like basically getting ripped. I thought he was going to break his neck. Makes the throw. We win the game. Um, Absolute scenes. Ryan Fitzmagic. Uh, 
I definitely meant to say Fitzpatrick there, but I'm going with Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic, hell of a career. He's at number five. Uh, going on to number four, we have Michael Vick. Michael Vick, 13-year career, four-time Pro Bowler, uh, comeback player of the year. If you're wondering what he was coming back from, it was prison. Um, Michael Vick changed the way that the quarterback position was played. Uh, he was truly one of the first rushing quarterbacks and that actually used his rushing as a scheme. Or They schemed his rushing talent into the offense rather than having that be like a last possible option type thing. Like he had designed runs. His years with the Fal- Falcons were crazy. I obviously did not get to watch them because I was fucking, how old was I then? I was young. I was very young. What I saw from Michael Vick was when he came back post-prison playing with the Eagles and crazy. And it sucks what happened. I mean, he was in jail for 21 months. And if you don't know why, um, he... And I don't even know if he... He claims that he didn't know that there was dogfighting happening on his properties. Uh... Obviously, in with a bad crowd. I think there were like his child childhood friends. I'm gonna use that in air quotes. Uh, doing some shady shit behind his back. I don't know how much he actually knew about. Either way, fucking despicable to do that to any type of animal for fun. Uh, did his time. Came back. Had a couple good seasons with the Eagles before Big Dick Nick came in and threw for seven touchdowns in a game, which. That doesn't get talked about enough, but um, hell of a career paved the way for guys like Lamar Jackson to get into this league. And even, hell, he had a ton of trouble when he was in his draft process. People not believing him, people thinking that, oh, he should be a running back. I'm sure Michael Vick went through all of those same things when he was coming out of uh, Virginia Tech, I believe. That sounds right, but... Michael Vick, number four. Uh, and number three on the list, I've got Donovan McNabb. Donovan Donovan McNabb, 13-year career. Uh, six-time Pro Bowler. Uh, for Donovan McNabb, he's one of those people who, again, when I started watching football, Donovan McNabb was probably on the later stages of his career. I don't even know if I saw him with the Eagles. All I remember from Donovan McNabb was playing on those Washington teams and them being god-awful. But I do have a few fun stats for Donovan McNabb here. Uh, He has the fourth-best career INT percentage, only behind Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and some dude named Neil O'Donnell, who played in the 80s until like 2003. Never heard that name in my life. Uh, good for you, Neil. Uh, he's also he was fourth in wins in his 13-year stretch, only behind Manning, Brady, and Favre. That is very, very good company. Uh, I think another stat off the top of my head: he went to four NFC Championship games, uh, which that's great if you're 
an Eagles supporter. Obviously, they'd never got the Super Bowl, but Donovan McNabb was a very good player. Never one of the top echelon guys of the league. What was the other stat that I read? Oh, he has the he's tied for the most playoff wins without a Super Bowl with nine. Uh, I think he's tied with Jim Kelly for that one. Uh, sucks to be tied in with Jim Kelly with that stat. Uh, John Elway was leading that with ten until he won his Super Bowl, his first Super Bowl, I should say. Um, yeah, Don McNabb, number three. Moving on to number two, this is a guy who is still in the league, uh, but I got Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford going into year 15, obviously a Super Bowl champion two years ago. Only a one-time Pro Bowler, which I'm kind of shocked to find that out. And yeah, when I'm going through records, he holds every franchise record for the Lions. He also holds every record for fastest guy to 10,000 yards, fastest to 15, fastest to 20, fastest to... And so on and so forth and whatever. Um, Obviously, those are going to get passed because it is... Such a pass-happy league now. That was the thing. When I was looking up, like, Donovan McNabb's, like, stats, and he only has, like, 30-something thousand yards for his career, and it's, like, it's crazy that in, like, 10 years after, like, or when Donovan McNabb started, it was such a run-first league still. (coughs) And obviously, there's always been good passers of the football, but... The, the way the game is played now is just such difference is so different from a decade ago, two decades ago. Uh, Matt Stafford is going to have all of those career stats that put him into the realistically probably top 25 of, uh, of most stats. But those stats are inflated now and I don't know if you can really count those as like a check in the column for him uh I think Matt Stafford would have a chance at the Hall of Fame but again I don't believe in the Rams I don't believe Matt Stafford's elbow is healed um and I just think that this is kind of where his resume is gonna end so Matt Stafford number two uh I mean he had some all-time great seasons too I think it was it was weird. His 2011 season and then his 2021 season were the best seasons of his career. And like a decade apart, absolutely nuts. I think it's 2011 season. He threw for over 4,000 y- or 5,000 yards and 40-something touchdowns. And then uh, his 2021, the Super Bowl season, high, it was like 4,800-something yards and 40 touchdowns again. Like... He's had a great career. It's just, it sucks that he spent the majority of it with the Lions, unfortunately. And at number one for the Hall of Very Good, I've got Cam Newton. I've got Superman. Uh, 11-year career, obviously. MVP, Offensive Player of the Year. That, yeah, that would have been the 2015 season. Absolute crazy year from him. One of the first... First guys to come in and be like, you're a dominant rushing threat. You have a cannon of an arm. He was really the total package. It it does suck. His body failed on him uh, completely. But yeah, Cam Newton at his peak is one of the best quarterbacks to ever play in this league. Uh, 
it just sucks that his career was only, I mean, 11 years for a guy that won an MVP. He won an MVP eight years ago, and he's been out of the league now for two years. Crazy. Um, But yeah, Cam Newton is my number one choice for quarterbacks for the Hall of Very Good. I think Cam Newton has... A small chance at the Hall of Fame just because of what he brought to the table. For And I'm just talking about, like, not just what he did on the field, but what he also did off the field. And being a black quarterback in such a white, dominant position, especially back when he was drafted in 2011... Obviously, a lot has changed since then when you have guys like Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, uh, The Predator, Lamar Jackson, uh, Desmond Ritter. I know I'm forgetting guys too, but like 20 years ago, there there weren't black quarterbacks in the league. And even, and even a guy like Michael Vick, who was obviously a supreme talent, not the best thrower of the football. I think Vic's most passing touchdowns in a season. It, it wasn't that high. That's all I can really say. Um, but yeah, Cam Newton, one of, the, one of the best quarterbacks that I have ever seen play, if we're being honest. It's a long list. I don't think he's top five, but... At his peak, Cam Newton is is him. I can't believe I said that. Ugh. Uh, yeah, okay. I can't really hide from the sun anymore, so I'm going to end this here. Uh, yeah, good episode. I don't know what I can really tease. Uh, next week for Hall of Very Good, I'm going to be doing wide receivers and running backs. So that should be a fun one to stroll down memory lane and then... People want to hop on, do defensive players with me. We can do that. If not, I'm just going to keep doing defensive players. Um, And yeah, if you have liked this, please like, share, retweet, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And until next time, oh my God, the sun. And until next time, peace.